Athletic. Hi Reds, James Pearce here with a new offering from us on Walk On at the match where I'll give you my take on the Reds' latest game. We'll hear from Jurgen Klopp's press conference and my colleague Andy Jones is also going to drop in with his take having been here at Anfield today. You're listening to Walk On brought to you by The Athletic. So I'm just finishing up here at Anfield And it's been a pretty dramatic afternoon, to be perfectly honest. Liverpool have got that first win of the season under their belt. A 3-1 victory over Bournemouth, but uh, it was hardly plain sailing. Um, You know, it was an absolutely disastrous opening 15, 20 minutes to the game. As as poor as I've seen Liverpool for a long, long time. It was a a throwback, really, to the dark early months of, of last season, when, of course, it became a real... You know, habit they were struggling to kick, starting games so slowly and making so many careless errors to to gift the momentum to the opposition, and that was certainly the case here today. You know, it was you kind of hope the disallowed goal within two minutes for offside would would kind of you know wake wake Liverpool up, but that wasn't the case. They just got so so sloppy, and uh, yeah, Semenyo punished them. No chance for Semenyo. Oh, it's brilliant! What a start for Bournemouth! And Antoine Semenyo this time does put Bournemouth in the lead. And it could easily have got worse than that. The Bournemouth opener coming after a, uh, a poor touch from Trent Alexander-Arnold left Liverpool exposed. So, um, so yeah, it was real backs to the wall early on. You could sense the anxiety around me in the stands because it certainly wasn't what any Liverpool supporter here today wanted to see or expected to see for that matter. But to Liverpool's credit... They, um, they, they did dig deep and finally got their act together. And um, yeah, two goals in quick succession turned the game around in that, in that first half. The first one, a really fine acrobatic finish from Luis Diaz after great work from Diogo Jota. And then the second one, I think you know, Bournemouth will certainly have some complaints about the penalty decision. It was uh, Zabozlai who, um, who went to ground right on the edge of the box. Um, after a challenge from Rothwell, the referee certainly had no doubt pointed to the spot. VAR didn't, didn't tell him to go and take another look at it. Mo Salah's spot kick wasn't the best. It was parried by Neto, but the Egyptian reacted quickest to, uh, to knock home the rebound. And then, you know, second half, it, the game took another twist when, of course, Alexis McAllister on his home debut sent off for... Um, for a, I thought it was a, a real harsh one. You know, it was a... It was a 50-50, a coming together really with Ryan Christie. I think both players were going for the ball. Christie got there slightly, slightly before McAllister and McAllister's caught him on the boot. And I must admit, when I saw it, I thought, well, that's, that's a yellow card. It's a, it, 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 there's no malice in it. It's a yellow card offence. And I, yeah, I couldn't quite believe it when the referee brandished the red. And then, you know, when I watched the replay, I thought, well, surely poor Tierney, who of course Liverpool have got history with, I thought, well, surely he's going to tell the referee to go and take another look at the screen. He didn't. The, ref- the, uh, the referee obviously stuck, stuck by the initial decision. And uh, you can see Alexis McAllister was absolutely distraught as he, as he walked off. Echoes of Darwin Nunes, of course, a year ago when he was sent off on his home debut for Liverpool against Crystal Palace for that headbutt. But, you know, where Nunes could have no complaints a year ago, 
a lot of sympathy for McAllister today. So, um, you know, that kind of anger and frustration, actually, I think it kind of helped Liverpool in a, in a strange way because it certainly fired up the fans. And, you know, so soon after the, um, the red card, we had the match-winning third goal where Zabozlai's strike was parried and, and Jota reacted quickest to tap home. Zabozlai takes a shot and it's in. Jota made short. They may be down to 10, Liverpool. But they've extended their lead. Well, this is what Jurgen Klopp had to say about that dreadful start to the game for Liverpool where they went 1-0 down and it could easily have got worse before they finally got their act together and launched that spirited fight back. The start in the, in the game was obviously not um, how we wanted it. And so, conceding a first goal after a minute is not good. But if it's an offside, you think, okay, that's the wake-up call. You may, maybe have needed, maybe needed today. Um, and then a minute later, we concede another goal. That's obviously, I think, another two minutes later, we have a yellow card for our goalie. So uh, it's nothing you need. Um, but we're working with human beings, and it happens, and we will figure out why, and try to figure out why, and as you saw in the game, then we were awake. We were um, not immediately fluent enough, but that step by step, we found a way into the game and played them pretty well, to be honest. Um, and scored the two goals, which was really good. Um, had more chances, could have scored there, um, didn't. Wanted to pick up in the second half there, yeah, and then after 58 minutes, we were 10 men, and it was a big fight, and that's all right. That's fine. And, of course, Jurgen Klopp was also quizzed on uh, his take on the red card decision. I think everyone inside Anfield was in, was in shock, really, when the referee brandished that red card, and Jurgen Klopp confirmed to the media that Liverpool are going to be looking into the possibility of, of launching an appeal because it didn't cost them losing McAllister on this occasion. They were able to dig deep and get the job done with, with 10 men, but... If, if the Argentinian World Cup winner has to serve a three-match ban, that really could prove costly, especially with that tricky trip to St. James's Park coming up next weekend. Yeah, I saw it back. And obviously, so I think the amount of times I got now asked about it shows already that um, it's worth discussing it again, which we will probably do. Um, I saw it back now after in the game. I couldn't. I asked, I asked Maka and he said, I touched him. But not really, okay, good, then we, that was all he told me. And then um, after the game I saw it now back and I think if you go have a list of points, what we need to give a red card, I think the majority, besides contact, nothing else is actually on, uh, no other boxes ticked in that moment. So it's a decision I think we all agree if he gives a yellow card, we are, would not overturn it, and I gave a red card, and we are not overturning it because the contact means there's no clear and obvious blah 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 um, mistake. Um, and no, but, now, but now I think we are all the, the, the punishment like 40 minutes with, with 10 men in that battle today is already punishment enough. But let's see, I don't know. We have to, we, we have to um, talk to the authorities. Of 
of course, it was a, a tale, really, of, of two home debuts. Uh, McAllister's will be remembered for all the wrong reasons because of that, that red card. But for Dominic Zaboslai, I think uh, his contribution will live, will live long in the memory. That was, a, that was a very, very impressive Anfield bow from the, from the Hungarian. I think you know, there's been a buzz, buzz around him from the moment that he completed that £60 million move from RB Leipzig. I think a lot of Liverpool fans have admired him when they've watched him play previously. I think there's been lots of positive signs in pre-season as well in terms of the di- extra dimension he's going to give this Liverpool team because he's a fantastic athlete. Um, you know, that's one of the things that really jumps out at me about him. You know, he, he, he just runs and runs and it doesn't, doesn't seem to, his energy levels don't seem to drop off. And then add into the mix the, the technical expertise you get with him as well. And he really is a, a special footballer. And um, it was... You know, he was obviously involved in the in winning the penalty. He was he was also involved in the in the match winning third goal, really, in terms of uh, you know a, a fine low strike that the keeper could only parry, and there was Jota to to tuck the loose ball away. But um, yeah, especially when Liverpool were down to ten men as well. You know, they needed they needed players to really dig deep and and to look after the ball intelligently and try and try and relieve pressure and make sure that Bournemouth couldn't make that extra man count. And I thought uh, Zabozlai was a, a very, very strong contender for the man of the match today. I think you'd also have to probably factor in Alison Becker as well, because, um, again, you know, he, he made two, three fine saves in, just in that last time of 10, 15 minutes, really. And, yeah, he didn't cover himself in glory early on. He was He was certainly as jittery as anyone in the first 10, 15 minutes and... Know, got booked for for a, a a pretty cynical late challenge outside the box that you know could uh, could easily have ended up costing Liverpool more than it than it did. But you know Allison's class shone through with those big saves late on, which which ensured that Bournemouth weren't able to set up a, a nervy finale. But I think um, yeah, if you're looking for a man of the match for me today, it would have to be Dominic Zaboslai. The general. Like performance level he showed since he's here is, is, is really, really good, to be honest. And the involvement in, in the third goal, obviously, is super important. So these kind of finishing, like his, his shooting skills, we didn't see yet properly, but he will, we will probably see that more often in the future. But he have a really good finish, and then goalie can't clear it, and then Diogo can score. So, yeah. It was a good one. Maka's home debut was, was as impressive, to be honest. He's just not as long. So that's a problem, but um, but that looked really good as well. And it will certainly be a day to remember for Wataro Endo, Liverpool's third summer signing. Um, you know, what what a remarkable turn of events it's, it's been for him. I had the pleasure of speaking to him just a, a few moments ago in the, the mix zone area for journalists here at Anfield. And he was absolutely buzzing about uh, getting the chance to put on a Liverpool shirt for the first time, talking about how you know life had changed dramatically for him over the course of this week as Liverpool had turned their attentions to him and swiftly completed that £16.2 million deal with Stuttgart for the, for the Japan international. And you know his, his participation today was in a fair bit of doubt because they were waiting for that international clearance to come through. You know that did arrive uh, shortly before uh, before kick off. That meant he was able to be in the match day squad, and and then of course with the the red card, it meant that Jurgen Klopp had to rejig things, and um, Endo was thrown on shortly after the the hour mark, replacing Cody Gagpo. And um, 
yeah, certainly difficult, certainly difficult circumstances for him when, um, you know, I think he'd had one training session under his belt with his, his new teammates. And suddenly when you're, you know, you're being part of a, of a rejigged system and a, a lot of reorganising going on with Liverpool having just been reduced to 10 men. Um, but, you know, I'm sure he'll feel a lot better for having got that first outing under his belt. And of course, you know, it's a big week for him now because if the McAllister red card stands and, and he does serve that three-match ban, then you'd imagine that um, you know, Endo's first start for Liverpool will be in testing, in the testing environment of St James's Park next next Sunday afternoon. So, um, so yeah, it's been a, a hell of a week for Liverpool in the transfer market when you think back to... Well, only eight days ago, where we woke up to the news that that Liverpool had had, ag- had agreed that fee with with Brighton for Moises Caicedo and potentially a club record deal to that falling through. Caicedo choosing Chelsea, then going back in for Lavia, and of course Lavia choosing Chelsea as well. Liverpool have had to have a major, major rethink, and um, yeah, certainly, certainly Endo wasn't at the top of their shopping list at the at the start of the window, but that's. That's where they've ended up, and now they really need to make sure they make a success of that deal. I think you know it's it's clear for everyone to see that the squad needs further strengthening, and I'll be I'll be writing about that in the Athletic in the next day or so. So keep an eye out. Um, my colleague Greg Evans was here today, and I know he's got a he's got a piece uh, analyzing this game and where it leaves Liverpool going forward. That will be out in the next couple of days as well. But um, but yeah, it was. Far from plain sailing, but the most important thing today was was getting that victory. And yes, it's come at a cost with that McAllister red card. But um, yeah, we'll leave the final word to Jurgen Klopp on the the debut of his new Japan international, who uh, you know came on and helped Liverpool get that job done after they'd been reduced to ten men. First game coming in, uh, and I think we saw Harvey's in a really good moment, but Harvey came on as well in this game, and it was running left and right, and then the heart rate was 240, so probably, and that's pretty much the same for Endo. With the two days he had, no surprise. So I did, did absolutely all right, but he came there, had no clue uh, what to do. I spoke this morning with him about how he, um, in a, with 11 players, how a position would look. A 4-4-1 was not involved in our conversation, um, and that's it now. I don't think he slept a lot in the last two nights, so he came on and threw everything on the pitch he had. And um, yeah, that's it. For the latest subscription offers, head to theathletic.com forward slash Liverpool pod. All right, that's, it's Andy here with uh, my take on the game and what in the end was... Uh, well, could you even say comfortable victory for Liverpool? I'm not, I'm not too sure it was in patches, wasn't it? Um, but it certainly wasn't for the first 15 minutes when you know, it looked like Liverpool sort of hadn't hadn't got out of bed. There was so many errors, you, you sort of lost count in the end. And, and obviously the the key one was the one that led to to Bournemouth opening, opening the score and with, with Trent, you know, being dis, dispossessed, you know, with near his own box. And just there was, there was quite a few players. It wasn't just him. He were just sort of just a, a step behind Bournemouth and... You know, it was quite frustrating given given sort of the the message that that Jurgen Klopp had, had had put out in his press conference the day before, which was that you know to expect a, a high press from Bournemouth and intensity to to how they were going to play. Um, and I think there was a lot of sort of sections to the game. Um, that that sort of first fifteen minutes was was one of them, and and then Liverpool settle and begin to begin to create chances. There's still one or two you know moments. Um, 
And then obviously they get the goal um, through Diaz, a really good bit of play. And I think Liverpool eventually began to work out Bournemouth a little bit, and um, you know the, the, they were leaving the right side very open, and and that was sort of because of, of the way Liverpool were setting up themselves with Trent coming in and and Sabasley being narrow. But it was you know, Liverpool were able to work the ball out wide into those rights into the right channel and and build attacks. Um, and Sabasley, I think you know deserves a, a special mention because I think. You know, we all saw. You know, we've all. You know, there was there were glimpses of Chelsea, and there was a lot of good things at Chelsea, and there's been a lot of positives throughout the season in terms of his performance, his performances in pre-season. But um, you know, he was on a different level today. Um, the enthusiasm, the energy, the intensity, the the aggression, and and then on the ball as well. Um, you know, the creativity, the you know, moving Liverpool forward, getting up the pitch was was really impressive as well. And you know, just even when Liverpool went down to ten men. Um, is that he seemed to, you know, get stronger, get, you know, there was more energy to come from him and, you know, I thought it was a little bit risky for him and, and, and Endo, who obviously came on, um, to sort of be that, that two in midfield and I did sort of worry, you know, how he would adjust and adapt to that, but he took the challenge on and, and seemed to get, just get more energy, get a second wind and a third or a fourth and, um, you know, looked like the freshest player on the pitch, even in those last minutes when he's driving Liverpool out, you know, from getting onto those loose balls and, you know, just just a stunning performance from him. I think all round, and I think he was he was definitely the the standout and the pick pick of the bunch. Um, but yeah, and you know, it was Liverpool looked after after they'd gone two one with with Mo Salah. It was interesting that he obviously missed the penalty against Bournemouth uh, last season in that in that one 0 defeat and did so again. But luckily, it kept this one on target, so he was able to to put in the rebound. And, and Liverpool after the break, I think were. You know that that first fifteen minutes or so, they were pairing. You know, it looked a matter of time before they were gonna, you know, put Bournemouth to the sword. Um, that that attacking excitement that we saw at Chelsea for that first half an hour, you know, was back on show again. And they looked so dangerous. The interplay, the interchange between the likes of Gakpo, Sabozlai, Salah, Jota, Diaz was was frightening at times and breathtaking at the same time. Um, unfortunately, um, Alexis McAllister, um, you know, was shown a red card, and I think. From my view in the ground, which is quite high up in the in the in the main stand, um, I can I can see why the referee's given it. I think it's one of those orange card type tackles. I think if it's a yellow, it doesn't get upgraded to a red. But I think he, when the red card came out, you know, it's not going to get downgraded on VAR to a yellow. And I think Liverpool look like they're going to appeal. So it'll be interesting to see to see if there's any change on that. I mean, hopefully, you, you well you hope for the best anyway in terms of you know that coming. That coming back and, and being successful, um, but it was one of those challenges where, you know, it it was high. To, in the end, the studs are showing, and even though there's there's little intent and it's not sort of, you know, he's not raced into the challenge type thing. You can you can see why the referee's given her a red card. I think, um, but you know what was what was pleasing to see was Liverpool's reaction to that. Um, I think that you know to score so quickly was was really key. You know, Spurs shot again involved, um, Jota tapping it in. Um, you know that, that gave them the the uh, you know sort of a safety blanket if you like because I think a two one, the frailties of last season may have been sort of knocking on the door. You know, Endo comes on and does well, neat and tidy, and you know after only one training session and there were a couple of times where it looked you know you could see he'll he'll learn a little bit from the Premier League gives away a free kick towards you know near the edge of his own box just a little bit 
you know, a yard too slow maybe. And there was another one where he, he goes down and probably, you know, in other leagues you would get a free kick for that. But he, he you know, it allowed Bournemouth to counter attack. But I think what was what was pleasing was Liverpool were able to manage the game and, and Bournemouth were good. we created a couple of chances and probably should have at least made it made it three two. Um but I think on the whole, given you know, Liverpool had, you know, a good twenty, twenty five minutes to, to see out. Um, you know, it was really pleasing that, that you know, they, they they had that adversity and, and so many times that season we talked about how they, they weren't able to handle the adversity. Um but this time they did and you know they, they changed to that four four one system and and did and, and held the ball well, I think was which was important. They were able to keep possession to Bosley was key to that. Um and and to be honest, you know, on another day probably could have added another themselves. They 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 created good scenarios. Um it wasn't to be, but I think overall, you know, the again similar to Chelsea, positives there. Definitely a lot of positives to take, but there's still those those question marks and and that 15 minutes, you you know, you can't be doing that every week. That that's got to change. That's got to be fixed. Um, from the first minute when they should have conceded, um, we're forcing it with the offside to the goal, and then there were, there were a couple of other chances as well. Allison, you know, um. You know, was lucky that there was cover around him. Um, you know, after his slack pass, and then you know, gets a it gets a yellow card. So things to work on, but overall, I think a, a pleasing uh, three points, and and that's all you could sort of ask for, really. This is Walk On, your dedicated Liverpool podcast from the Athletic. Well, that's Bournemouth seen off, but now all the focus, of course, will be on the transfer window and potential further incomings at Liverpool during the week as the. Uh, as, as of course, the, the the countdown will start to that game against Newcastle United. That's a big one up in the northeast next Sunday. So remember, there's plenty more on the Athletic. If you're after more reaction, I'll be back with Tony and the rest of the team for Wednesday's edition of the Walk On podcast. Thanks for joining me, and I'll catch you soon. The Athletic.